We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Thursday, as I said. So joining me right now in the studio is a very cool guy. I am very pleased to know. Well, he's maybe cool. Halfway between cool and awesome, we'll say. My kids don't think so. Well, yeah, but kids never do. It's Joe Chanelli from Ambets. Joe, how you doing today? Never better, Jake. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Now, uh, you sent me an email of the things you want to talk about, and I just want to point to the the, the language you used. We're going to talk about the VA secretary's uh, travel scandal, but you also said, and the Koch brothers' coop crew. So explain that to me. Why did you use that kind of language? Sure. So... Uh, and I think you touched on a little bit earlier in the show here on this morning, which I really appreciate the coverage of this and the opportunity to talk about this because this is affecting every veteran, whether they know it or not right now. Um, so uh, over the last year, uh, you know, Secretary Shulkin has been the secretary appointed by the president, uh, confirmed unanimously by the Senate, the only cabinet member um, who received complete uh, support from the entire U.S. Senate. Uh, and he's done a really good job. For the last year. Uh, before that, he was the undersecretary for 18 months. And some of the criticism that he's taken now is that, well, he was serving under the other administration, which was from the other party. But when we're looking at our veterans leaders and who's leading the VA, we shouldn't be looking at party here. Right. This is we're for veterans, not pro-Republican or pro-Democrat or pro-anything else. Uh, but there's actually a small group of political appointees who got their way into the VA, and they, all of them pretty much, I, I shouldn't use the word all, but most if not all of them have direct ties to the Koch brothers, and they did before they came in, and they have, and there's really no denying this now, they have tried to orchestrate a coup to try to unseat the secretary um, because, in their own words, the secretary has not reformed VA enough in the past year. He, he, really, he has not. He has not done enough in the VA. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, good job. And so we have this travel scandal, which we all knew about back in September, and and it, this was all talked about then, talked about here on this show with Eric several times, and we talked about what the secretary, uh, you know, had said, what the allegations were, and everything came together, and it was pretty much as expected um, you know talked about last week there was some definitely some misunderstandings and some things that were said that uh, you know, didn't quite uh, all connect and uh, the secretary has clarified that several times actually after I was on the show here last week the secretary called me to, to clarify some of the uh, issues that I had and we, we've we've talked through that and the bottom line here is the president who you know I'm sure has all the facts here on this if anyone does it'll be the president or his staff. And the president's decided that the secretary should stay on. But there's still this group here. And now, uh, there was an, a memo that was leaked that was a, a clear roadmap to the coup. And the Koch brothers' coup is what I've been calling and you know, I think a lot of people see it that way. And this is the Koch brothers trying to get in, trying to privatize the VA, 
and trying to make a whole lot of money off the backs of veterans. And we talk about choice, and we've talked about that many times At here. length. At length, and for good reason, because it's very significant. But a third of all veterans who receive their care through the VA because of service-connected disabilities are receiving that care out in the community, a third of them. Well, the, the, this group who really talks about this uh, you know, expanding choice say that it should be expanded by about – that it should be about tripled. Well, if you triple a third, you get a whole. So that would be every veteran because one of their uh, constant lines is, well, we're not actually looking for privatization here. We, we, just want, we just want veterans to be able to choose where they receive their care. And you know, choice and choose, that's a, a word that has been branded well. It, it's hard to argue against choice. Right. Um, it, it's funny because it's obviously come up in other political issues over the years, choice. Um, but they're not really talking about choice here. They're talking about making a profit off veterans. And I'm sure there's people who talk about this who have very good intentions, and they don't understand they would cost $50 billion more, and it would most certainly reduce the services that veterans receive. It would reduce the comprehensiveness. Um, I mean, as we know, those of us who go to the VA for medical care, we go in, we can get everything we need in one place. And that's very uh, convenient, and it's best for our health. And, of course, for the government, which has to be aware of how it spends, it's the most efficient way uh, rather than having to ship us out to different places. We see that because it makes more money for the civilian health care systems, and we just can't afford $50 billion more of insurance for less services. Right, and the other big issue, the one thing I brought up earlier in the show is that if you go to civilian health care, you lose that quality control that the VA has. Because the VA has to say, okay, this person is qualified to treat X, you know, X, Y, and Z issues, and they are fully capable of treating the, the variety of conditions that veterans usually have. There was a, a talk yesterday with the American Legion that brought up a person who was brought their medical records to a civilian doctor and was rejected because they had no idea how to treat them with the combination of issues. But the VA can do that. You're absolutely right. The VA does the whole the whole health care, um, including mental health care, of course. And when we're talking about traumatic brain injuries, you know, veterans are seeing that, especially the veterans of the, you know, the current and most recent conflicts here, you know, a huge number, huge percentage experience some type of traumatic brain injury. And that's not something that they see in the private sector. It's not something they know to watch for some very specific signs, but signs that can also look like a lot of other things, unless you know how to uh, examine a veteran and what to be watching for. And we're only seeing that in the VA. Right. Okay. Now, it also mentioned, uh, we mentioned that Shulkin's job is safe for now, but uh, there, you said something about a, a purge in the White House as the White House has reportedly authorized and where that all leaves us. What is that exactly? Sure. So it became clear to myself once we saw this memo and several big newspapers received the memo and they wrote about this. It's clear that there's not enough room at the VA central office for the secretary and the co-crew, co-coo crew, you know, to be it's, able to. It's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> it is, yeah. Say that five times fast. I've only written it a few times, so I haven't said that before. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there's not room for everybody at the VA anymore because it's very clear that they've been under trying to undermine the secretary, trying to remove the secretary. In fact, the person who wrote the memo wrote into the memo that he was going to become the dep deputy secretary. So, you know, some self-serving uh, language in there to be certain. Um, 
And so we we have we want that message out there that we don't think there's room for the secretary to be able to do his job and to continue the progress and continue moving this thing forward. He has to be able to run the show, he, and he has to be able to have people he can trust and people who are not trying to undermine him. So we're very pleased to hear on this. We've only received this report from him, though, but, but the White House has told him that he can remove the people he needs to remove. So he has um, he has created a team or he has directed his new chief of staff to look into this, and then they're going to together – decide who needs to go. And uh, I'll tell you, we have a list. Uh, the secretary knows. <laughs> Ooh, there's a list now. Oh, there's a list. And uh, most all of us who, who work in the advocacy world know exactly who would be on that list. And certainly those people know who, who they are because they've been, again, they've been actively working to, to try to undermine him. Now, if the secretary is able to come out and say, hey, I can work with this person, this person, this person, great. You know, that's his decision. And he's going to have to be held accountable for that down the road too because we need uh, this reform that is happening to continue, and we need the reform that's already been uh, taking place legislatively. We need to be implemented the right way because there's some really important stuff out there. In addition, just to healthcare, you know, we also have we need to keep this claims backlog down. We need to continue to uh, process claims in a pretty expedient fashion, which they are doing now, which is really I- impressive. Um, but the appeals are still uh, a terribly long w- waiting period on that. Um, but there's been some legislation that was pushed through um, back in the fall. We all knew it was going to take a while to implement, and now that's we're getting to implementation phase for that, and we need someone who can continue to see through that. No, I agree. And uh, again, I mentioned earlier in the show that the fact that you need consistent leadership through things like this, if you keep changing the guy every other day, you're never going to get any reform. Now, uh, to get to what thing you were saying is that I haven't heard any politician really criticizing the job that he has done as far as being the VA secretary. What I've seen and what I think I'm seeing is people using this travel scandal as like a chink in the armor. They can kind of dig their little knives into, you know what I mean? So can you tell me exactly, tell me about the, the travel scandal, like what? How bad is it? Like, if it's all true, how bad is it for the secretary? Sure. Um, real, real, real quick. First, I just want to let you know that, or make it clear, there are a couple politicians who've said hey, we don't think he's doing a good job. Oh, and they are also on the top ten list of most supported politicians by the Koch brothers. Ah, including the only congressman who asked for his resignation. Um, but so the actual travel scandal here. Uh, again, we knew about this in September. It's uh, not a coincidence, though that the, the Coke crew decided to bring this up and really make it a big deal um, and leak it to the press ahead of time before it was released, uh, intentionally ensure that the uh, secretary had a very limited amount of time to be able to respond to it. Uh, what the allegations are and what the findings are, because uh, the investigation is complete and the report is complete. Um, the secretary went over to Europe uh, with the undersecretary, acting undersecretary for health, uh, at the time, and they went to a conference that pretty much his his uh, counterparts in many of our allied nations go to this conference. And the VA secretary has gone to this conference every year for 40-plus years. So it, it was not a, oh, let's just go to Europe type of thing here. And so the conference was, uh, I believe, a two-day conference. Went to the uh, conference, and um, within – ethical uh, standards to be able to do some tourism while he's over there, as long as that tourism doesn't cost the government anything. And there's no allegations that it did. 
Um, so the, the two real sticking points here. One, um, when he went over, they went to their in-house ethical uh, people, uh, ethical officer, who said, yes, we said that the secretary's wife um, rated coach airfare, which is they all flew coach. Um, it's a lot of misinformation out there. They're not all flying a charter jet or a first class or thing. It was <laughs> coach in a commercial airline, just like the rest of us. I'm sure someone had the middle seat. And, <laughs> and That's, that, <laughs> that right there deserves a commendation, man. You sat in the middle seat on a transatlantic flight, man. Let's kind of put this in context, too, here. I mean, the secretary had a job that was multi-millions per year before he left that to become the undersecretary for health for VA. Uh, and he did that, and that's a job that makes well less than two hundred thousand dollars. Now that's a lot of money still. But my point is, this is not a guy who has to ride in the middle seat, right? Yeah. You know? and, and so the point of the matter is, if he really wanted to to do something different, he could pay for that himself. He he wants to have the right optics here as as well as everything else. So he wants to do what government officials are supposed to do, and this is what he's told us, and I think the evidence shows us. And, and so the wife, his wife who is also a doctor herself, uh, she was approved by the ethics officer to have her airfare paid for because, and so this is where the second point on this becomes. They were told that they were going, there was going to be a dinner honoring the secretary over there. And that's what they told the ethics officer. And then that's what qualified for him to be able to bring his spouse at the government's expense. What I talked about last week on the show was that the secretary said he had not he had paid for his wife. Uh, the clarification said he called me. His clarification was he had paid for everything, the rest of her. Uh, so anything she ate, consumed, uh, where she slept, things like that, he paid for that. Um, but she, they did pay for her airfare. It was about $4,000. So it turns out when they get over there, they did not have a, a dinner in his honor. Um, so the IG found that to mean that he should be paying for her airfare. So he wrote a check that day to the treasury and paid the $4,000 for her airfare. Again, oh. that, that was, was something he actually thought he was going to have to do going into it, as, as what he tells us. Um, and, and so that, that was one major sticking point. And then the other one was that he went to Wimbledon, and his, uh, he and his wife went to Wimbledon. Um, a friend of his gave them the tickets to Wimbledon uh, while they were over there. And again, they were not being paid uh, their expenses that day since it was tourism was not being paid by the government. Um, she had been the CEO of a major, uh, event for disabled veterans a couple years earlier, but she was doing that, uh, because she's a wealthy person and a, uh, runs, runs some companies, things like that. And so that's why she ran that event as well. Um, that was two years earlier, a year and a half earlier, and she does not part of that anymore. The secretary says he has no business with her, that they're just friends. And that's why she gave him the tickets. Uh, but because of her affiliation with that event in the past, the IG said it, it's un, unlawful for her to have given those tickets. Um, government officials all know their, the amount that they're able to receive as a gift is very small, and I think that's for a very good reason. Uh, right. So then there was some argument about how much those Wimble tickets, Wimbledon tickets actually were. She received them because she's a member of the tennis club there, and she's not allowed to resell them. So there was some question of whether she could even accept money for them. Uh, so there's still a process going on to determine the value because 
just the face value of them is very small compared to what you could buy it on StubHub, for instance, or one of these aftermarket sites. Uh, so once that's decided, the secretary will write a check. Uh, I don't know yet if that check's going to go to this lady or by law, if she won't accept it, it has to go to the U.S. Treasury. So either way, he's going to end up paying for these tickets as well. So based on everything you just said, doesn't this seem like that big a deal? No. So I guess actually one thing I forgot here, and you, you did mention it earlier in the show, though. So the uh, chief of staff who has since retired, she was 32-year uh, federal employee, I believe. And she, the investigation shows that she altered an email to create that impression that the secretary was going to be receiving a an, an honorary dinner. Um, now that's where, you know, there hasn't been a real clear explanation here. Um, you know, she has said she didn't do this email. There is some allegations that someone, her email uh, may have been hacked. Um, and so that's being investigated. And we've agreed with calling on the department of justice to investigate that obviously would be a very serious issue. If a senior government official has their email uh, hacked or if someone's trying to impersonate them, which might be the case, but, uh, she has retired, and you know we do. We're very supportive of continuing the investigation and then find out what really happened there. Right, but I still, at the end of the day, this doesn't seem. This isn't like he mishandled millions of dollars or he did something that endangered veterans. This seems like he made it. He might have made a stupid mistake, and now he's actively going to. Okay, I cost this much money. I'm going to pay it back. This doesn't seem like a you know. A worthy of disp- deposing him. Yeah, so I, I will say we're, we're disappointed in the whole thing, and the secretary has made it clear he he knows he's made some mistakes here, and his team has made some mistakes. Uh, bottom line is this was the president's decision on whether th- this would rise to the uh, level of asking him to leave and or uh, the famous "you're fired." In a, <laughs> you know, the, the president has decided that's not the case, and we're 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 pleased with that decision, and we do believe that's the correct decision, and um, hope that holds up for sure. Okay. All right, moving on to something else, and uh, I wish I could say this is a better thing, but it's not. I talked about this yesterday on the show. Uh, Task and Purpose had a story called, and the headline was, American veterans say they're being abused in a Kuwaiti prison, and the U.S. government hardly cares. Now, basically, from what I saw, these guys were picked up on some bogus drug charges, and now they're serving life sentences in a Kuwaiti prison where there's no oversight from America and that the secretary of state and other politicians are not really handling this as well as they could. What's your take on this? Uh, um, so we've been making some calls as well to the state department and uh, touch base with uh, Senator Blumenthal's uh, office. Uh, he's the only lawmaker who's really engaged in this. Uh, he is on the VA um, committee for um, the Senate. So someone we already have a relationship with, um, and one of the main people in this article, which is a great article, by the way, and um, one of the main people there is from Connecticut. So that's why he, his family. Uh, one of the key things here, though, is in every single case, every single case, they're African-Americans. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was there, there's, there's, some, there's some cases in this where the um, Kuwaiti police went into a, you know, an apartment. They had multiple people in there. They go in, they go, they wouldn't let anyone go into the bedroom. Um, they go in, they come out, and they say, hey, we found this marijuana. Everyone says, you know, we don't know about the marijuana, and of course that happens. But the bottom line is there's one African-American uh, person in the room, and he's the only one that the police took. Uh, so this, this thing screams of 
of racism. Um, and some of the quotes are they, the Kuwaiti police seem to have a idea of what American criminals, quote unquote, look like. Oh my gosh. And so you actually have this central prison. And so, which is, um, you know, terrible conditions. We're talking about 70 people and small 12 by 12 cells, which is with one toilet. They drop the food off and let everyone fight for the food every day in a few bottles of water. And as you said, there's these guys are getting life sentences. Their families get calls and, and told the families who are calling and trying to uh, find out and trying to fight the system here. They get calls from Kuwaiti investigators saying, sorry, your, uh, your spouse or your loved one has been beaten to death in prison. So you can stop the fight. And then they find out later. It's not true. They're still in the prison. Um, the embassy, the um, they're only visiting the prison every, twice a year, which is not nearly enough here. We're talking about, uh, you know, our, I personally believe, and uh, our organization believes that the government has an obligation to American citizens who are going over working as contractors for our defense department. In almost every case, these people are, are veterans as well. And that's, you know, certainly why it's so important to us here. Um, right now, I would say I highly recommend if you were a contractor, do not go to Kuwait. Do not uh, go over there because your government's not standing behind you. And some of these cases, the employers are not standing yeah. behind you. General Dynamics is named in this. And we also have a call in the General, Dyna General Dynamics. Be fair, I don't know that we've given them enough time to respond to this, but uh, their response in the media has been that they don't comment on personnel issues. Uh, most of these people are not personnel anymore because – they don't show up to work because they're in prison and general dynamics is just simply firing them rather than supporting them when they're over there. And I don't mean to target one employer here. My understanding is there's a few different employers doing this, but you've got to be aware of this if you're going to be going over there as a contractor. Yeah. And it's really sad because I saw in the article that, um, like you said, general dynamics is saying, Oh, we don't comment on this sort of stuff. And it's like, and I, as I understand it, the status of forces agreements that we have with Kuwait says that service members, active duty service members, they fall under U.S. jurisdiction if they break the law in Kuwait. But that that the the question is, does that apply to contractors as well? And no one's giving a firm answer on that. Yeah, you're right. And we've come a long way from where the Kuwaitis wanted to give a grant to every U.S. service member who served in the, the first Gulf War in the, the early 90s. Uh, you know, they forget, I, I guess, that, you know, the Americans went over there and liberated them from Saddam Hussein in Iraq. And, boy, they, they loved America then. And now to be having this uh, very, you know, corrupt police force, so it seems, and a very insufficient justice system is it's mind boggling and calling on our entire U S government to really step up here and protect those they're sending over there. All right. All right. Now, uh, we don't have much time, but I want to talk about the, who's the nominee for undersecretary of the VA. What do you know about that? Uh, so we're really happy that, uh, it's Paul Sullivan, um, uh, Dr. Paul Sullivan, and he is coming over from set a long career in the government. Uh, he has worked out uh, on some of these issues uh, and he's a vice president with uh, Kaiser right now, uh, army veteran, I uh, believe he's a ranger, uh, airborne. He's, we, we don't know a whole lot about him yet. We're looking forward to learning more about him. But the bottom line is this is a position that's been needed for years. Uh, this is President Trump's first nominee for this position, but the position had been in acting status 
for quite a bit of time before you know, um, through the end of the Obama administration. And so this is the person. We need someone who is a permanent fixture in here to be able to uh, run the benefit system, which includes the appeal system we talked about earlier. So we're really happy about this. Uh, the news just came out late, late last night. So this is the first time anyone's talking about it. Uh, but we're excited about it and looking forward to this confirmation process. All right, awesome. Now, Joe, if people want to learn more about the things we talked about or more about AmVets, where can they go? Sure, if they stop by AmVets.org or uh, like Connecting Vets, we're on every social media platform except MySpace. Except MySpace, and you're working on that GeoCity space, right? You got it. All right, Joe Schnelli <laughs> from AmVets, thanks so much for stopping by. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 